0: To the Dennis Prager show, where I believe, as I said yesterday, we are experiencing induced hysteria number two to hurt this country as much as possible. The lockdown, which went way, way too long and continues in some states the hysteria there and the hysteria with regard to uh, the tragic death of George Floyd in Minnesota and uh, what we have now is uh, the most destruction of central cities midtowns that i have seen in my life perhaps the most in american history and i uh, i can only imagine what would be done in the media if these were people on the right who were doing what they're doing. Now I want to talk to someone I have uh, known for years. He's one of the most insightful thinkers we have in the country, Dinesh D'Souza. He's one of the handful of people I could say doesn't need an introduction. He, but for those of you who don't know, he is a best-selling author and f- best-selling film maker. He has a book. It's out yesterday, June 2nd. And it is the United States of Socialism, who's behind it, why it's evil, how to stop it. And if that is not relevant to the moment, nothing is. Dinesh, where are you located?
1: I am in the suburbs of Houston, Texas, and uh, watching with great interest all this chaos around us and trying to make sense of it. Um, in light of what the socialist left is trying to do, uh, to take advantage of a crisis,
0: and, and 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 to create one for that matter, so
1: yes, I mean it's very revealing when you look at their targets. It'd be one thing if the rioters were focusing on the bad cops or even on cops in general, but when you see them breaking um, shop windows and attacking entrepreneurs and writing capitalist pig and so on, it's very obvious that they've got a much wider agenda. They're targeting people who had no complicity and no role in the killing of George Floyd.
0: So what you're writing is uh, so important. Again, who's behind it, why it's evil, how to stop it? All right, so let's begin with part one, who's behind it?
1: So let's start with with these Antifa thugs on the street, and we're talking here about an assortment of groups that Antifa is part of it. There's a group called Refuse Fascism. There's Black Lives Matter. Now, this is a kind of collectively, you can understand this as a paramilitary. It's a paramilitary force on the street. And you know this because it's organized. Protesters will show up to a location. There's a huge block of of bricks that has been assembled the previous night and placed strategically for them there. There are little instruction manuals that tell them, don't bring your own weapons. They will be provided for you. And then you can go and smash windows or do whatever it is you do. Now, Antifa by itself would be a serious problem enough, but they've got powerful allies in academia in Hollywood, in the media, and in the offices of many congressmen and mayors. So the mayor of Berkeley is basically an Antifa guy. The mayor of Portland is at least sympathetic. Mayor de Blasio, I think when he looks at these young looters, he sees a younger version of himself.
0: Is there anything too left for these people? Is there anything on the left they would condemn?
1: I don't think so. And I think, um, you know, I think of of a professor of mine who asked many years ago, he said, you know, ask a liberal in what society would you be a conservative? In other words, you want to increase taxes. You think that the current top rate of, let's say, 38 percent is too low. Well, when would you be content? Would you be happy with 50%? Would you then stop agitating? And and, and you'll never get someone on the left to, to say, yeah, that's the point at which I quit. That's the point at which we've now reached the society I've been striving for, and I will now be conservative in defending that society against all comers. No, there's never such a point. And I think why, because what's happening on the left is it's a movement in a direction. And so there's the explicit socialism of Bernie Sanders. But there's also the creeping socialism of Pelosi and Biden. Uh, And if you think of the spectrum with the free market on the one side and socialism, pure socialism on the other, and ask which Democrat, are there any Democrats who are pulling in the free market direction, the answer would have to be there are none.
0: Do you believe it is because they believe in it or because... As I believe about Biden, he simply knows where the wind is blowing, the political, ideological wind.
1: I think that they have realized that they can make it pay for them. And I mean pay not just in terms of money, but also in terms of power. They've mastered a deceptive rhetoric. So, for example, when Elizabeth Warren says something like, we've got to turn health care over to the people, She talks about turning these public institutions to the people. But then I ask myself, well, what say, Dennis, do you or I have in the post office or the DMV? What say does the ordinary British guy have over the British National Health Service? None. None. We'd have no say at all. It's the politicians who control those institutions. So, so I think it's dawned on the democratic socialists that they are the ones who get to run things. Uh, the other thing that's very notable is that even though they keep talking about Scandinavian socialism, we want to be like Scandinavia, there is no politician in the history of Scandinavia who has gone from zero to $100 million on a government salary. But that's been the case with the Clintons, with the Bidens, with Al Gore, with Obama. All these guys have gotten fabulously rich, not by inventing an iPhone, not by starting a business, but by leveraging their public positions into massive amounts of cash.
0: You know, it's a very depressing statement you just made, or synopsis, because I have always felt and I've been all over the world many times that thank God with the obvious exceptions there they're always corrupt humans that corruption is not endemic to the United States as it is to so many places for example in the third world and uh, it has been uh, sobering to me to realize how much there is any thoughts on that?
1: Yes. I mean, I think that we are still in a better position here than in many countries. When I was in, in, in India, for example, if you were pulled over by a cop for speeding, you could fish out a 100-rupee bill and pass it over to him, and he would drive off without so much as giving you a ticket. Now, you can't do that in the United States. So the corruption has not seeped through the whole society, fortunately. but. It is, it, has, it is definitely very strong in, in high places. We've seen it in the deep state, the way that the, the police agencies of the government have been corrupted and have been manipulated. Um, the other thing about it is that these guys, with the Clintons and the Bidens, they have figured out a way to, I would call it, offshore the corruption. So, for example, the Chinese government makes it a habit. When they want to do, do a deal with a country, they start fabulously enriching the family members of the politics who are going to be voting for that deal. And they applied this formula with perfection to the Bidens. So if you look at Biden's net worth, it hasn't grown substantially. Why? Because he has to disclose every transaction that he does. But if you look at the net worth of his brother, James Biden, or his son, Hunter Biden, their net worths have swelled fabulously because they always happen to accompany Biden on these trade missions and make all kinds of side deals with the government that that result in massive transfers of capital to the biden family
0: let's go to the uh, violent uh, protesters or they're not even protesters just just go to the violent mob out there now i i have shared my thoughts with my listeners for a long time who are these uh, overwhelmingly young men what is your thought what makes someone that bad in such a decent country
1: I would say there are two answers to that question. The first is that they have been radicalized in the universities. I think you know this as well as I do. Uh, they have been taught that what happened to George Floyd is not anomalous it's not an exception this is the way not only the cops are but the cops themselves are a manifestation of structural racism this is what we collectively have been doing to them since 1619 now if you truly let that narrative sink in if you accept it then you can see how the kind throwing a molotov cocktail as a couple of ivy league grads with very good law school educations recently did you'll see articles like you know it's very surprising to see someone no it's not surprising because that's what their university professors have been teaching them every single day so that's the first point that these are people who are the products of a propaganda machine called the american university uh, i think the second thing is that there All right so hold
0: on with the second Dinesh i oh. want to re- i want to reintroduce the book cause we've got to take a break streaming on Town Hall TV, as well as our website. If you want to watch the show, not just listen, go to townhall.com and click on the Town Hall TV button. All right, my friends, Dennis Prager here, and I'm speaking with and to Dinesh D'Souza. His brand new book came out yesterday, United States of Socialism, Who's Behind It, Why It's Evil, How to Stop It. My last question to Dinesh was, what is his theory on the type of person? What is the etiology, to use a fancy word, the genesis, the root of the person uh, throwing Molotov cocktails, the person smashing the windows of a store, and by the way, I I might Ed, do you think there is any difference between the person going in and looting and the person just smashing windows? Is it the same type of group? So uh, let's go back, uh, summarize your number one theory, and then the second, who is doing this?
1: I think the looters and the window smashers don't necessarily have to be the same people. Uh, There's obviously some overlap but there are some people who are looting just out of opportunity. Uh, there, they realize that there is now an op, there's a moment here in which the cops are on the defensive, they're intimidated, uh, they're being themselves watched for excessive use of force. So this is a time when bad guys are gonna take advantage. But a lot of people who are smashing windows are doing it symbolically. They're doing it politically. They're doing it ultimately to to demonstrate almost, you could call it, the broken windows theory, that no society has any existing order where you can, with impunity, break windows. Um, A point I wanted to make um, just before the break was this, and that is that I think uh, there are conservatives who think that these are people who literally think that they're going to create a revolutionary overthrow of society. And I don't think that's... What they are after. Uh, what they are after is cowing us into submission. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these rituals, some of which have been pictured on social media, where large groups of people essentially genuflect before a kind of cultic priesthood of uh, left-wing protesters who make them repeat things almost in sort of Jim Jones fashion. It's a kind of ritual of submission. And I think this is really what Orwell predicted. Uh, He saw this on the socialist left, even in Europe. And that was a tyrannical impulse, a desire to dominate other people and reduce them to subjection. There's a very poignant scene in 1984 where they try to get Winston, the protagonist, to say that 2 plus 2 is 5. Why? Not because they believe it's 5, but because they want him to agree with whatever the state says, regardless of what his personal feelings on the matter are. And so he refuses to do it. He goes, that's the only freedom I have left to say 2 plus 2 is 4. But they beat him and they subject him to sleeplessness and sensory deprivation and no food and finally he breaks down and he says okay you know what two plus two is five there you go can i go now and they say no winston you can't go why because we know you're only saying that you don't really believe it you're only saying it because that's what you want us to hear we want you to believe it and we want you ultimately to bow down before whatever we say however counterintuitive it seems to you this is where they're going this is what they want to do to us At the end of the day, I think socialism is only partly about economic confiscation. This tyrannical element is very important as well.
0: God, are you right? When I see a picture of the mayor of Los Angeles, to to use the phrase, taking a knee, and a policeman, I forgot which city as well, taking a knee, Two plus two equals five is now becoming common. The two plus two equals five is that America is endemically racist. Is that is that a correct application of your theory?
1: It completely so. Uh, I also think that two plus two equals five is at work in the in the coronavirus um, extremism. It's at work in the um, in the climate change. Um, a debate. Why? Because the left these days has realized, you know, when Marx, when Marx predicted a socialist revolution, he thought it would come about automatically. He thought that the working class would become so immiserated, so exploited that they would overthrow the system. And that has never happened from Marx's day to this day anywhere in the world. And so the left has realized we need to we need panic. We need fear in order to make people do things that they wouldn't otherwise agree to. The test case of this, of course, was FDR, who was able to do things against the backdrop of the depression that could never have been done otherwise. And since then, the left has always been trying to sort of manufacture the fear. You remember the 70s, the world is running out of food. The 80s, nuclear winter, the 90s, the dissipation of the ozone layer. For the last 20 years, the oceans have been rising and the glaciers have been melting and the penguins have been coughing and then coronavirus so one after the other an attempt to use a kind of crowd panic to create a kind of stampede in a way that people would never do if they were using their using their calm and rational brains
0: so (laughs) it's excellent it's just excellent I, i i agree obviously I have asked myself, because this was my field of study, uh, the left, socialism, communism, my whole life, what is the end game? And my, my provisional answer for the last few years has been, there really isn't what the leftism is a force of chaos. What's your reaction to that?
1: I I think that makes it too abstract. I think the end game is the end game of All authoritarian um, impulses and tyrants. It is the the aim to have domination and power over other people. Now, you have to realize within the American sensibility, that's actually very difficult to achieve. If you told the ordinary American, hey, listen, go to your neighbor's house, open his refrigerator and take his food, take the fruit off of his trees, you know, people would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not a thief, you know. So it takes a lot to convince someone to be okay with that so essentially what the left does is it arranges the exact same transaction but it does it against a whole different backdrop they say first of all let me convince you that even though you don't know it and there are no obvious signs of it your neighbor's been stealing from you the stuff is in his refrigerator is really yours Now, listen, fortunately, you don't have to go get it. We'll go get it for you. We'll go take his stuff, and then we'll give some of it to you, not because you're a thief, but because you're actually entitled to it. He's the one who's ultimately pirated from you in the first place. So this is an elaborate mechanism to justify something that would normally revolt the conscience that a decent person would never do, but somehow politically they have to be made okay with it in order that they cast a vote
0: for it. I agree with that as well. I The reason I have said chaos for a number of years, and this is really goes back to 2 plus 2 equals 5, is the mantra from the ACLU, men give birth. That's chaos. That's Orwell. Obviously, the book is important. The author is important. The United States of Socialism, who's behind it, why it's evil, how to stop it, Dinesh D'Souza. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio.